Hype me up, boys. Let's go. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back. I'm Neil. I'm Pat. I'm Michael. And this is the four-on-one. We're covering everything in the football world. Boys, how are we doing? Let's go. Oh, my God. I've, ne- I've never been so excited for a podcast me in my too. entire life. We mock got, draft we special. Round one of the mock draft. Oh, Let's my God. Pat, how are we doing? You here you already know how i'm doing i'm ready come on i got my jacket i got my tie i got my hat i'm kind of styling with the hat right now yeah right you know i'm feeling my hat i've been wearing this hat the last couple podcasts the patriots little little beanie doing great no complaints i I, I was feeling nostalgic so i went to the basement because that's where we, we record the podcast and i'm noticing i don't have any patriot stuff perfectly fine. interesting I perfectly it. fine oh boys let's get into it all right neil start us off brother. that's amazing. Ready to go. oh let's go ready all right so pretty slow explanatory so round one of the mock draft but it's a friday uh, from bishop Pendergen, sean miranda mike let's, let's get him on thing. here it is the man himself the man sean, yeah, sean miranda how we doing hey i'm great man happy to be happy to be back on the pod Thanks for having me back. Oh, God. Dang. All right. So we kind of have – we have our own draft order. So we're going to go um, pick 1 to 32. Um, order's going to go Sean, Michael, Pat, and I host the last. So, Sean, start us off. Number one pick. First pick, Joe Burrow. Not a surprise. You Obviously. Know. Number one on every draft board. He won every award in the book last year. Heisman winner, national championship. You can't go wrong. Best thing since sliced bread. Best thing wow. since sliced best bread. Thing, best sliced bread. Love it. Love I mean, it. There's, awesome. there's, there's no question about this guy. Joe Burrow is legit. Michael doesn't think so. Michael thinks that this guy will not last in the NFL, and I want to hear a little bit from him about it. So, all right, look, my, my first um, initial thoughts are where's he going? Bengals. The Bengals. Oh, well, okay. projected. The Bengals. He's going to the Bengals. Um, the Bengals – they're, they're not good, and they don't have a whole lot of pieces. They don't have a really good O-line. Outside of A.J. Green, I guess Tyler Boyd, they have a solid weapons. Their defense is abysmal. You're just expecting a lot out of Joe Burrow. It reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield. It reminds me so much of Baker Mayfield. Going into kind of a broken offense, and now he's kind of going 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and, and not really topping that record. So I just don't think Burrow's going to really exceed that because I think that Baker Mayfield was was more hyped up than Joe Burrow was. Okay. I wouldn't what? run off the Bengals too quickly. Yes. No. What are you talking about? Oh, hold on. Yes, I'm writing off the Bengals. Hold, hold on. No, I'm writing off the Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals Neil. suck. Sorry, no, dude. No, they have no defense, no O-line. They've been in a revolving door for coaches. Their, uh, their front desk is awful. How this can team, you tell that this team's going to be stable was, at all? It was not that long ago where the Bengals were a playoff contending yes, team. Because of their, because of their GM. Next five seasons. They plummeted, and they fell, dude. They, no, they're going to be awful. I'm not, no. You know what? Hot take, they'll be good in three years. Three that is strong. I don't, I don't Here's what I'm going to say about 2023. They'll be good again. Here's what I'm going to say about the Bengals. Joe Burrow will not be enough to bring them to a winning record. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. Yeah. For this yeah. season. Okay. I'm gonna, I want to hear the number two pick. So, um, I just want to give a little overview. I know that not all of our listeners slash viewers, because we're on Spotify now, if you didn't know, link down below. Uh, they don't know all the players. <laughs> got, you know, got to sponsor it. Uh, they don't know um, all the players that are going to this 
that are going to be in the mock draft today. And that's okay. It's all college football. It's different. So I'm going to try to give you, like, the impact the player is going to have on the team. So at number two of the 2020 4-1-1 mock draft, I've got Chase Young out of Ohio State. He is far and away the most talented player in the draft. It, it's not it, – it, to me, it doesn't even seem close. This guy is on a different level. The Redskins would be idiotic not to take this guy. I mean, the Redskins, just to give more – um, reasoning. I mean, the Redskins allowed 146 yard, rushing yards per game last year, which is second worst in the NFL. They also ranked fourth worst in defensive line rankings. So they rated like his defensive line, they were fourth worst. And he's the most explosive pass rusher and one stopper in the draft. So, and the Redskins need that. I mean, I don't see how they can pass up on this guy. I don't see them trading out of it. So I just think this is a no brainer for the Redskins. They need a threat. Need a threat. Period paragraph. They need a Period threat. Paragraph. That's what I got to say about that. All right, number three. The third pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions are going to select Jeff Akuda, quarterback, Ohio State. This guy is gritty. gritty. A, real, a real gritty player. There's no other way to put it. He's been called the best quarter in all of college football for a reason. He's kind of the quarter, like, you know, get up in your face, get up to the line of scrimmage, and bring you down even behind the marks. He gets right up in there. He has brought people down behind the line numerous times in some of the highlights that I've watched. The Lions' top quarter, Darius Slade, just got traded to the Eagles, which is a very important move for them. It's going to be a lethal addition to this team. 29 solo tackles, two forced fumbles, and as a two forced fumbles as a corner tells me that he's an aggressive player. I think he's going to be a really great addition to this team. Michael, thoughts? Um, the third pick of the draft is pretty valuable, would you say? I mean, you have the third pick of the draft, right? So... The secondary is lackluster, to say the least. They don't have a very good secondary at all. But I don't think that it's their biggest need. And I think because of this, I don't think they should take Okuda. I think they should trade out of it. That is my... Um, trade out of the three pick. pick. I th- yes, we've done it before. I think they should trade wow. out of the three pick. Because, dude, you can get a package in a half for the three pick. Think about that. How much, about how much better can you get from three, Mike? You know, I'm saying, like, you trade down, and, and you can get, like, a stockpile of picks for that. I just... And I think but, that... But Jeff Okuda is not going to make or break your secondary. So if who, this guy isn't going gonna, to make or break it, then sure why would you that? take him? He's not, like, a generational talent. Dude, I mean, there's big guys that have hyped up like him. Jeff Okuda couldn't make and break their secondary. Could he? Yeah, but I just don't think that he's, he's the best corner in the draft, Mike. All right, I don't any know. best I, I corner in forth. a draft can make or break a secondary. I just Sorry. don't think I just don't think he's valuable enough for the third pick of the draft. I think you can get a really good um, trade for that, and I think they're How open to trade right now. So, but the Lions in the I'm not saying getting like a two or one. I'm saying like they can trade out and get saying. like a first, second, third, fourth, next year's pick, stuff like that. Accumulate picks over time. It's the Pats have done. They've traded out of the one before. Uh, they've traded out of the three before. They've gotten picks. That's so why they have like 13 or 12 picks this year. So it's be exciting. It, uh, if, God, I'm so excited for this. If Akuda is the best available at three, and he's not the kind of guy who could make or break a secondary, then how much value does the three have to another team? Because yeah. I think that there are other teams out there that have that that need like a position more. Like if the Giants really need an O line. The Giants really need a linebacker. Like oh, they, they should take I'll get like, that I, I probably. But I know that they need like Isaiah Simmons or like <laughs> Tristan Wirfs or something. Like they need a guy like that. I don't think that Jeff Okuda is like the first priority on the Lions board. 
that, that's my take. I could be completely wrong. Their priority, their priority is going to be their secondary because it's lackluster. But so is their O-line. And their D-line, they signed Trey Flowers for a ton of money, and he didn't pan out at all. So I don't think that they're necessarily just saying, oh, we need a secondary, and that's it. I think they're, they have other needs on this team. All right. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. So number four, the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Giants select Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Um, offensive tackle, 6'5", 322 pounds. And not only is this an awesome draft, a great draft class for wide receivers. It's a great draft class for tackles, both offensive and defensive. Um, and like I've said, a past pods, my dad's a Giants fan. And uh, one of the things that, you know, he's griped about, one of the things the Giants have really struggled with the past decade is a subpar O-line, which is one of the reasons Eli declined as quickly as he did. And also a key reason why Daniel Jones performed as poorly as he did last season. But why Tristan works? Like, there's tons of other O-tackles in this, lot, in this draft. What makes this guy so special? I think we could be seeing a replacement at that left tackle spot just because Nate Solder did not do as well as they were expecting. You know, they get him and put him with the expatriate coach, Joe Judge, the head of the Giants last year. And this is a position that the Giants need to beef up for years. I think this is the finally the season where they, where they do it. They take a solid tackle very, very early in this draft. Uh, I'd like to add on that Tristan Wirfs is primarily a right tackle, but he did play a little bit of left tackle. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm blanking right now on the school he played at, but I know he did play yeah. a little bit of left tackle there. So I, I think that it's a great pick for the Giants. If I'm being yeah, honest. and he I can do – he's, he's able to do both, which is yeah. really, really key for that team. A fantastic trait, definitely, but one of his combine grades weaknesses was dominant traits but doesn't consistently dominate with them. Which Talks is something scary in the NFL because the NFL is all about consistency. And if and you can't be consistent, you're I not agree. Last. And look, no rookie is going to be perfect. There are going to be weaknesses for every single player. Of course. Is that a scary weakness, though? It's a bit of a scary weakness. One that can be developed. Johnny, you got any thoughts? Because I would just say if it's saying it's better than not having dominant traits and being True. able to dominate every now and then, because if you have dominant traits, you get good coaching. Kid could be an absolute stud. He put it's up different, huge different, numbers at the combine. It's different from like slow feet. That's something that really can't be taught. I I I yeah. I see what you're saying, Sean. Okay. So, I like so time out. Time out before we hit number five. I would be remiss if we didn't thank our sponsors, uh, Daily Orton Attorneys at Law, located in Warwick, Rhode Island. Um, like we talked about last pod, they specialize in personal injury cases. If you need anything, whatever your legal need may be, contact Kevin Daly, 401-921. 5901. Sean, fifth pick of the draft. All right, fifth pick. We're going to the dumpster fire of the <laughs> AFC East, the Miami Dolphins, and they are going with no one other than Tua Tagovailoa. Absolute. Wow. What? Yes, he got hurt, hurt his ankle in his, in this year of Alabama, but the kid could play. He showed true at like true wow. talent. Wow. Before my true freshman winning the national championship. You put him. He's hurt this year. The Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick on the on contract for another year. He can, even if Fitzpatrick doesn't want to teach him, he can learn from a, a veteran in the NFL, get healthy, and then take over. Failing two his, of his physicals, Sean? two physicals within so, the top so, ten. Sean, I, I do. I have a question about this one. So, if you're the who even is the Dolphins coach right now? Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Okay, Brian Flores. All right. So, if you're Brian Flores. Who do you start? So you do, let's say hypothetically, yeah, they get Tua. Do you start Tua 
or Fitzpatrick week one? You let him find it out. No, disagree completely. Who's healthy, though? If two is not healthy, you don't start him. True. If they're both you healthy, have... you spent a fifth pick of the entire draft on a quarterback. You're gonna, you're gonna, you have to. You can't yeah. not. But no, Daniel, you... Daniel Jones no. and Eli Manning fought it out. You start yeah, so that should show a lot. If a declining Elon Jones, Eli, oh my God, Eli Jones. If a declining <laughs> Eli Manning beat out Daniel Jones, that should speak a lot about how poor and bad a pick of Daniel Jones really was. It was an awful pick. If Eli pick. Manning beats out Daniel Jones, that speaks so much about how poor of a player Daniel Jones is. Let's focus on Tua, though. I want to talk a little bit more about Tua. Failing two of his physicals concern me. His injuries concern me. Sean, what, yeah. do, you have to, what do you have to say about that? Do the Dolphins – will the Dolphins take a gamble on something like that? They have already – their team is already very fragile right now, and they've burned a ton of money on a lot of players. They've, they've been shoveling money into their team this entire offseason. What are they going to do if this guy goes down? Will they be able to recover if he does? The Dolphins, they're in the decent position where they're so bad – that they have nothing but time on their hands. Like, no one's out there this year saying that the Dolphins need to go make the playoffs. So if they start Ryan Fitzpatrick and wait for Tua to get healthy, because when Tua's healthy, we all know what he can do. He won the national championship for Alabama that year. When Tua's healthy, we know what he can do. So if they can start Fitzpatrick for half a season while Tua gets healthy and learns a little more, yeah, he did terrible on his Wonderlick test, scored a 13 which is out of 50, which is really bad. But, yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick scored a 48, so you can learn from him and then get better in the process, get healthy, and be the two attack on Valoa that everyone loved and can win. An interesting take by Sean, a hot take by Sean. I'm interested to see it play out. Let's see. All right. All right, so at number six, we have the L.A. Chargers, and they're going to select – in my opinion, the second-best quarterback on the board, Justin Herbert. Uh, I, don't see how you can, I, I don't see how you can say that Tua is higher-ranked than Herbert because Herbert just seems like the safer option. And, I mean, the Chargers need a quarterback. Phillip Rivers left in free agency. Chargers are comfortable. They've reportedly been comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. But if Herbert's on the table – I could see them taking him. Why not? Yeah, because, I mean, because Oregon quarterbacks have always statistically done really, really well in the NFL. They mm. have not. No, they have not. But the Chargers have all the pieces to compete right now. So, Pat, you know, Pat, I'll put you they on do. the spot. They do. They do. I agree. So, I'll, I'll give you this little rundown. They have an explosive offense. So, they have a top five secondary. Mm-hmm. They have a top 12 offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they rank 10th in total yards. So basically every statistical category, they're at least top 12. They're there. So Absolutely. with that talent of a, a, a roster, do you feel comfortable with Tyrod? Who do you feel more comfortable with, Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor? No idea. We don't know. He's a rookie. I've never seen him play in the NFL. How exactly. can you be expected but to I'm answer saying, that question? I'm saying comfort. I'm just saying, if you could, would you rather draft Herbert or roll with Tyrod Taylor? Oh, I'd rather draft Herbert. Definitely. Okay, so that's my point. So the whole Oregon thing, I know I was the biggest preacher of saying Oregon quarterbacks weren't that good. But I think if two is down, you don't have that many other holes why not take a chance? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see why not. It's risky to take a – if you're in the fourth round, yeah, we'll take a chance on a guy. What pick is this? It's six. six? I understand that. Taking yes. a chance but, on but a my, sixth my round? Point, my in point the sixth is that pick? But they don't have any other, like, extreme, like, weaknesses on that team that really need to be filled. 
there are, there, are, there are always weaknesses, but I agree, obviously, quarterback is yeah. their problem. Dude, I don't know. Their defense is great. They're good. Their O-line is great. Their quarterback situation is awful. They need Which to is really rare because there's not a lot of teams that can say we have full confidence in our O-line. Like, that, that seems to be – like, even on, like, from the very beginning pods, we were talking about, like, the Pats, teams across the league, they're, like, their common denominator in we need to improve on this is was O-line. All right, so who's got seven? I got seven. Honestly, this is one of the best picks for this specific team. With the seventh pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers will select Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. He runs a 4.3940-yard dash time. A speedy guy up the middle. The great thing about this guy and why he is going to be such an important part of this Panthers team is that he's versatile. His combine grades were very clear that he's able to play corner, safety, and linebacker interchangeably with a lacking Panthers defense, which we've covered before in podcasts (laughs) previous. (laughs) They can move a guy like that around wherever they might need it. Let's say they get a linebacker in later rounds and he's sick. Move this guy to corner. Move this guy to safety. Wherever they need him, he will go. 104 total tackers and tackles and three interceptions as a linebacker. Versatile, deadly. This will be an awesome addition to this hurting Panthers defense. I am excited to hopefully see this guy get drafted by the Panthers. I think he's a. I think he has the talent to be like a third overall pick. I think this really? guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. On some boards, he's being picked number three. This he's, guy. I, I'm he surprised that really this wasn't good. taken. I'm, I'm kind of glad really, that I got him. Really good. I mean, he's he was he's on a lot of boards. He's being picked by the Giants at four. I think seven is a steal for Isaiah. That's my take. Interesting. I'm excited. Um, so I have eight, eighth pick in the draft. Cardinals select Makai Becton. Um, once again, offensive tackle, six seven, three hundred and sixty eight pounds. I am hot on tackles for this draft. Cardinals are another team. They have needed to address their O-line problems for several seasons now. He ran a 5140 at the combine, which isn't awesome, but pretty impressive for a guy that weighs almost 400 pounds. <laughs> and I think this is exactly the kind of guy that the Cardinals need to defend Kyler Murray in the pocket so he can get those throws to DeAndre Hopkins. And if they were, you know, to go out and sign another big, they gave away um, David Johnson. But if they were to go out and sign another running back or another um, wide receiver, you're going to need – a blocker for those guys too. So I think that McBecton is just the guy for the Cardinals. A little hot take, and I want to hear from Sean. Um, let's say that the Cardinals go in the second round and draft either like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, or, you know, like a real yep. a top, top three running back in the draft. And they get Becton. So they, or, or any, or any like top three offensive tackler. Do you think the Cardinals led by Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins could be a top five offense in the NFL? Ooh, that'd be t- I mean, if they get back, I don't think top five, that's a stretch, but I think they can be a very high-level offense, even be, without a drafting track. a running back. Because they have – they traded for Kenyon Drake, right? Yeah. And he played a couple – he played a couple games at the end of the season, and he wasn't bad. I think with DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald catching passes, you protect Kyler Murray, that's going to be a good offense. Not top five, but good. Okay. All right, I like to take – all right, Sean. All right, number nine, nine pick. Going to the going to the Jags. They're getting Derek Brown out of Auburn. Big guy, defensive end, six five, three hundred twenty six pounds. All SEC last year. 
So he's he played he played well in one of the best league best conferences in football. He had he was projected last year to go in the first round. So this year getting them at the nine after you just traded away Kalias Campbell, I think that's a great fit for them. You try to put the ball in Baker and uh, sorry Gardner Minshew's hands a little more. Could be a fun season. Interesting, Pat Michael Fox. I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> I'm not. One of his um, combine notes for his average knee bends creates inconsistent pad level, doesn't have upfield stride quickness for playing in gaps. Again, all teachable, all very teachable. Problems, but teachable. So I do see what you're saying, Sean. They lo- didn't they lose uh, Yannick and Gakwe? Yeah, I th- I think yeah, they, they lost. Like, I most think the, of the Jags. The Jags have two first round picks, right? Pretty sure. I think they're going to spend both of those on defense to try to restore that 2017 AAC Championship Saxonville defense. They have to. Oh, good. They have to. I mean, they have the offensive weapons. They have, they have a really underrated wide receiver core. Like, a bunch of, like, guys you wouldn't think could, like, play well. But at any certain time, you need to count on, like, Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook. You can go to those guys. They have a good Leonard Fournette, top five running back in the NFL. Got to work on that line a little bit. But if you can restore that defense – Nick, uh, Nick, Fult- no, he's not there anymore. But Gardner Minshew, I mean, maybe you know, m- maybe they can. We'll see. Go out the playoffs. We'll have to see. That's another sleeper team. All right, Pat, number eleven. Oh, we got we got number ten. We got Michael. <laughs> oh, I, I, I skipped Michael. Ah, come on. All right, so number ten, we got the Browns. Uh, I got Andrew oh, Thomas. The Browns. Yes, uh, Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman. It seems like an easy pick because as of right now with Neil selecting the two first offensive linemen, he's the be- best one still on the table. They need no lineman, and Thomas is the best one left on the board. I mean, he ranked 18th last year. Uh, no, sorry, the Browns ranked 18th last year for offensive efficiency. So in the bottom half of the NFL, I just seem, it just seems like a good fit to me. I mean, their defense needs help, but I think you can get that in later rounds right now. Um, I mean, there are guys on the board for cornerbacks like C.J. Henderson. I really like he's going to the top 10 on a lot of boards. Um, he can really maybe potentially develop into a top 10 corner. That's a lot of the notes that I've been seeing on him. But I just think, why not get an offensive lineman? I mean, you you, you invested in Baker Mayfield, number one pick of the draft. Why don't you try to get your money's worth, you know? Try to get a lot of – um, yeah. Absolutely. Pat, Sean, thoughts? Good pick. I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Yeah, game. I'm not glad. It's pretty. It's a pretty boring pick. Offensive linemen yeah, usually aren't that. Kinda, uh, hey, you know what? All people need offensive linemen. And with the shaky Baker Mayfield right now, maybe, you, little, maybe, maybe you need a little bit more protection right now. I respect yeah. that pick. Right. Absolutely. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. All right, now now Pat, number 11. You never ask. With the 11th pick in the 2020 NFL drafts, the New York Jets will be selecting CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver. Ooh, first wide Oklahoma. receiver off the board. Wow. First wide receiver off the board, CeeDee Lamb. Look, no deny about it. A lot of hype around this guy. Uh, Brashawn Perryman is their number one, which is not at all a number one caliber receiver. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael, you better be kidding. Um, and CD Lamb has been completely dominant. He averages 21.4 yards per catch, and his combine notes included a glider who can get separation in the zone. That's something I like to hear. This is something the Jets have not seen, honestly, since Brandon Marshall, which was a long time Ooh, ago. Wow. That was a while ago. A good Brandon Marshall was a long time That's ago. That's a good Brandon in his prime, right? Um, one of his weaknesses in his um, combine notes was the routes need to be more purposeful. 
once again, as we've talked about in this podcast, it can be coached. He's got the raw talent. 1,327 yards for 14 touchdowns. While he's not the quickest guy, he can get separation, which will take him to a good place in the league. I like CeeDee Lamb, and I got him going 11. Sean, I want to hear your take on that, because I remember hearing when we had you on the last podcast, you were really high on Jerry Judy, who was your first wide receiver off the board. So how are you feeling about CeeDee Lamb being the first one off? I mean, CeeDee Lamb, you can't deny he's a very good player. He has... Like he he's shifty. He's shifty. You can't you can't teach some of the stuff that CD Lamb does. He's been playing against not great defenses all year, but he's he's really good. You can't deny that. I still like Gary Judy a little better. He's an elite route runner, something you just can't teach. And I still think that Jerry Judy I I don't doubt that both Jerry Judy and CD Lamb will do great in the NFL. Yeah. But I think that Jerry Judy will do a little bit better just because of his his route running skills. Interesting. Right. That's some, take. Yeah. And 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 with that, with the twelfth pick, the Raiders select ah, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Um, Alabama wide receiver, hands down one of the most talented receivers in this draft class, as we just talked about. And besides Nelson Aguilar, Derek Carr has really nobody as that number one target. Or Marcus Mariota. Uh, yeah. Never know. Um I think Judy could really fit into that number one role. And although it's not completely smart to rely entirely on a rookie for any position. Um, I would not at all be shocked if Mike Mayock went out and traded for another seasoned receiver as another um, weapon for Carr. I think Judy would be a great fit for this team. He's got all the tools Coach Gruden is looking for in a receiver. That's all I got. All right. Thoughts? I think you, uh, I think you really got to s- stress the fact that their number one right now is Tyrell Williams. He's not a number one receiver. Yeah, <laughs> so all. they got to get a not guy. And, and I think they have the piece. Good old line. Great. I think Josh Jacobs could be a really good running back. You got some pieces on defense. Don't I think this team is not in win-now mode, but I think they're, they're on the cusp of being able to make a playoff push. I think getting a number they one receiver did. in the draft. They yeah, almost did. Yeah, they, they were a week 17 last team. Year. Yeah. So, all right, you know, Sean. Yeah. Number so, 13. Yeah, number 13. Last two picks were sexy wide receivers. <laughs> Wish I could say I'm going with another one, but <laughs> can't. 49ers, I mean, I know they would have loved to get Lamb or Judy, but going with Jedrick Wills Jr., Alabama, offensive tackle, not going to be the playmaker that one of those guys is going to no. be, but it's going to be. Yeah, we have these two very... big guys, CD and Judy, and we just get this big husky <laughs> alignment with Sean. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Run, I can't run a five-second 40. <laughs> I can't. I can't exp- express it nor linemen are needed. No doubt about yeah, it. I, absolutely. Maybe we'll see a little Don Terry Poe out of this guy catching some touchdown passes. You <laughs> never know. No, I'm kidding. But um, he'll he'll play uh, on the opposite side of Mike McGlinchey because Joe Staley is going to retire soon. So it's yeah. definitely something the Niners need to look out for the future. But he's he's six four, three twelve. He's a big kid. He's a big kid, but he's a he's a little bit small for a lineman. But he can make he makes up for that. He's got a good motor. He, he really goes out and he attacks defensive players. So I think he, that could be a really good fit to protect Jimmy Garoppolo for the future. I, I do agree that Jimmy G, Jimmy, G, Jimmy G needs more support. Yeah, I think, no uh, I, I think the 49ers have drafted the most offensive linemen in the last five years. And just none of them have clicked. Well, no, they had a really well, good offensive line last year. I just think with Staley mm. gone, they got to replace that. And they didn't right. do it in free agency, to my knowledge. So I think – why not? You know, you got what is that thirteenth pick of the draft? I mean, you got you got yeah, two this year. Pick. Yeah, two, thirteen two first rounds this year. Why not? Why not? 
So at number 14, 14. I, I was really excited uh, when I saw that I had this pick. So I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A buzz Tom team Brady. right now. Uh, yeah, so oh, I, have, <laughs> I have CJ Henderson. Uh, got a cornerback. So to me, it's not a no-brainer, but I think if, you're, if you are the Buccaneers, you have to go secondary. I just don't see how you can't. You have great weapons. The offense is doing just fine. Oh, yeah. Good, good, awesome. quarter, good quarterback, <laughs> potentially good running good. backs, and you have an awesome run defense. So, I mean, they, statistically, they're the best run defense in the league last year. I think they allowed 74, 76 rushing yards per game. Secondary, it's pretty bad. And you got to draft a guy like Henderson. I mean, he's got insane potential to be a lockdown quarter, really speedy guy. Athleticism, size, I completely yeah. agree. He's beefy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real, real beefy. Very get, beefy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He has size to be an elite quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the, I will say the oh, the offensive line is an issue. Um, but they were ranked worse in the NFL last year. But I personally think that the secondary is a bigger problem. I mean, it may come as a surprise figuring out what I just said, but I just think you, you need to have a the- good – Huh? Yeah, it's worse. But I think worse you, than worse than the league? You have to have a good secondary, though. And I think given Very the true. offense Very true. And, and given the powerful offense they have, I think you really need to beef up that – beef up? You really got to beef up that secondary. Uh, Agreed. I, I have to interject. So – Well, hold on. I think that if they don't go Henderson, I think okay. they go offensive tackle, and they got a guy named Josh Jones who's an offensive tackle. He's the best one on the board. Okay. Um, maybe that would be true. I, th- I, I might have to refute that because even though I think – Cornerback is the more, most more important position. Who is the quarterback you're protecting? No, I, dude, I we are we are reading the shame, because... same same music right here. I am completely on board with you. Offensive line is a huge problem. I'm just thinking about there have been three offensive tackles who've just been taken. So you're not even getting a top few offensive tackle in the draft. Yeah, you're right. And there's only been one one secondary taken. So you can still get the second best player in the secondary in the draft in CJ Henderson. Yep. And I also, don't think also I don't think signed... in the actual draft. I don't think he's going to fall this far. But, you know, in this mock, he did. So, I took him. <laughs> he's the best available guy, in my opinion. Pat, number 15, what do we got? Remember when I said I was most excited about the Panthers pick? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I lied. <laughs> with, the, with the 15th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Henry Ruggs, receiver, guy. Alabama. <laughs> I can just think of I can think of little John Elway laughing his way to the playoffs in a couple of years. This this will be the piece that takes this team to the next level. Considering Locke stays consistent with a fiery year last year, he's got Sutton for his receiving right, weapons. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He did not have no, a no, fiery let him, let him finish, year. Let him he showed. No, 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 no. He did not have a fiery year. He showed spurts of athleticism spurts. and potential. Spurts. spurts. I'm saying if he keeps that consistent. Okay. I'm saying if Locke right. consistently well, plays right. to his potential. That's, that's contradictory well. because either he is spurty or he, is that even a word? Make sure, or make, sure, make sure you listen to what I'm saying. I said okay. considering as long as Locke stays consistent yeah. throughout the season, which he has the potential to do, he's got Sutton for his receiving weapons, and the addition of Ruggs will help out a young new quarterback. Weapons help out quarterbacks. Amen. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't deny that. <laughs> a two, oh, excuse me, a 4.27 40-yard dash 
when I read this, I audibly, when I was reading these stats, I audibly said, oh my God. <laughs> you need to realize how fast that is. That's crazy with Sutton as their deep threat and Ruggs as their little out route guy. It's, I'm going to sound. It's reversed. It's, it's reversed. Oh, it's. Sutton's, no, Sutton's, their, Sutton's their, like, possession guy. Ruggs is their deep ball. If they no, I, I think Sutton. No, I think Sutton's their deep threat. If you can run a 4-2-7, I think he's, you're going to run quick. down the field and outrun everybody like Tyree Kill every single time. He's quick with his feet, though. He can do both. He's versatile. Whoa. I like that thought. So when I, when I, when I think of the sound, sound of that offense with the addition of Gordon and Lindsey, the dual threat in the backfield, his quickness will be able to get him some nice corner outs in the league, seven touchdowns with Bama. It's a little low. But with such a talented class at Bama, they got to spread the wealth. Seven touchdowns sounds kind of low. Think about that class at Bama. I would be very excited to see this team with what type of offense they have, and it's what they need right now. I would really like to see Ruggs go to the Broncos. So actually, I have a little bit on uh, Ruggs, too, just coming to my head. I yep. like the pick because I think they definitely need to help the Broncos' air attack. I mean, it's – Outside of Corlin Sutton and Noah Fant, kind of Noah Fant a little bit. You can't name another receiver on that team. But I feel like there are bigger needs on this team, if I'm being honest. Outside of Sutton, there is no one. I get that. But I think you can get a solid receiver in a later round while picking someone who can greatly impact your defense right now at the 15th pick. Michael, I think you can get a solid receiver in a lot of rounds. Sure you can, but you're going to get a better receiver in the first round. This <laughs> like, team could be more than solid. Right. Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I get that, but I think that this wide receiver class is really deep. And some of the other positions aren't as deep as this. So if you can get a really talented receiver in the second or third round, and you can get like a extremely good talent for a position that you maybe need more than wide receiver, why won't you do that? A guy I'm eyeing who's still on the board, Christian Fulton out of LSU. There's a lot of promise, and I think that rugs can make an impact, but I think Fulton could potentially, or really any secondary player can make a bigger impact than Bugs can. Interesting take. Um, pick 16, Falcons, Javon Kinlaw, South Carolina defensive tackle, 6'5", 324 pounds. This guy is not only an incredible pass rusher, but also does extremely well at stopping the run. Out of high school, it was actually interesting. His starting position was the opposite side of the ball at offensive tackle. As a defensive tackle, switching over, he knows the mindset, some of the footwork and our techniques that O-line guys possess and use that mindset to his advantage. 35 total tackles, six sacks um, last season. They're really going to need to beef up this defense for the upcoming season, especially with the fourth hardest schedule in the league. I think Kinlaw is a perfect fit for this team. I also Thoughts? think he's a perfect fit to accompany um, Grady Jarrett, who needs a lot of help on that defensive line. They lost a lot of left, a lot of assets on the line, and I think that he could be a really that could be a really good tag team. Pat, and you know what? I think it's very clear. The Falcons are getting more confident in their offense. They've been really building their offense in the offseason. I think they're saving a lot of their defensive picks, clearly for the draft. Yeah. Gurley, of course, maybe he'll show up. We don't know. I think it was smart to take a chance on him for a year or two. I don't know. We'll see. Julio Jones, amazing. Matt Ryan, past his prime, but still a solid quarterback. This offense, this offense can produce. The problem is the defense. I like the pick here. Yeah. Pick shot. 17. Sean. All right. Pick 17. It's the Cowboys. You know, they, they probably would have loved Ruggs to fall so they can match up someone with Amari Cooper. And that would, that would have been a lethal offense. But uh, they got to go defense here. So they got to go Christian Fulton, defensive back out of LSU. 
I, he had a team high on the national championship team. He had the team high 14 pass breakups last year. He plays man to man coverage. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones, sorry, Jerry Jones has been a little bit alluding to that they're going to take a defensive guy. So I really think that would, that would be a good fit there. Cowboys had a very good offense last year and failed to make the playoffs. So that shows you that the defense needs work. What is wrong with that team? That team has I, so much I don't talent. Know, man. <laughs> Coach? The offense does, and I think more to Sean's point in picking cornerback, they let Byron Jones go, who's an extremely underrated cornerback, and he, he's got to be top 10, maybe top 7 cornerback in the NFL. When you let him go, that secondary is going to take a hit this year. And I think it just came because they're thinking of paying Dak Prescott, who was at best a solid quarterback. They're going to pay him $40 million. They already paid Amari uh, uh, Cooper a ton of money. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's too much. Hey. That is not a so, that that Jerry Jones is so overrated. The decision she makes, not very thousand percent. All right, Mike, number right. eighteen. Who we so got? number eighteen, I uh, I kind of alluded to him before. Josh Jones, offensive lineman for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins have three first round picks. They gotta spend at least a few on offense because they they beefed up that defense. <laughs> <laughs> so oh uh, I was just talking about Josh Jones a uh, few picks ago. Dolphins had the third worst O-line in the NFL last year, and Shawnee said it. He thinks that the Dolphins are going to take Tua. I don't think so, but if they do, he's injury-prone, as we've seen, so you got to get him some help. This guy's an excellent pass blocker from what um, I've read. He gives the Dolphins help on the offensive line. I personally don't think that the Dolphins, like I said uh, prior, should use any other picks on defense, but um, I think you got to get some young guys for the offense. You know, Josh Jones is my pick. They've been right. beefing beefing up that defense, as Michael said. Just absolutely. I'm, ne- absolutely. I'm never, ever going to hear the end of that. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Dude, ever. They, but seriously, yeah. though, that, they, they've been building that defense through this offseason, taking a lot of uh, Patriots players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Right. Classic ex-Patriots coach move. All right. So it's 19th pick in the 2020 NFL draft. The Las Vegas Raiders will be selecting Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. First of all, what a weird thing to say. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so strange. So I typed strange. that for the first time. Today. I'm like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> it was the strangest so thing ever. Strange. Uh, real simple. This guy's a dominant player. This this uh, Raiders team seeked out Chris Harris and Byron Jones, so they are in search of a corner for sure. They were rejected by both. Some might argue receiver for this team, but I disagree. Neil, I think, hit the hammer right on the head. I think Aguilar and Judy will mesh with Carr really well. They'll click. They've already made moves there. Three interceptions, three sacks. He's a household name. All right. So, with the uh, 19th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. The Las Vegas Raiders. They're still Oakland to me. so strange. (laughs) I'm going to be saying Oakland Raiders for a while. (laughs) Dominant player. This team has seeked out Chris Harris and Byron Jones, so they're in search of a corner for sure. Some might argue receiver, and I think Neil covered it really well. With Judy and Carr, maybe Aguilar, maybe there'll be some mesh. Maybe they'll click this year. But they've already made moves there. And they, they, did it, they didn't get Jones and Harris, right? That Those no, they, were rejected. They, they, they seek them out, which yeah, tells they me that they're looking right. for a corner. Yep. Um, three interceptions, three sacks. He's a household name. And when I think a team moves, you're looking for a household name. You're looking for a guy that is going to draw people. So when you get a guy from Alabama, they're gonna be like, "Oh, hey, let's follow this guy to Las Vegas." You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's gonna be an interesting guy to bring over there. I like the pick. They need defense. <laughs> they need the defense. Yeah. 
I think we're at 20. Yes. 20. So, that's 20th pick 20, in the 2020 NFL draft, it's Jaguars. I got them taking Grant Delpit out of LSU, safety. Uh, 6'2", 213 pounds. One of the things that makes this guy so special is the fact that he can really match up against anybody. And we're beating the dead horse out of this joke, but his athletic, I literally wrote this in the, his athletic beefy build makes him able to cover tight ends as well as talented high-end receivers. And this is super important. And one of the biggest concerns for safeties coming right out of college is, are they going to play a level of football that's required of an NFL defender? Delpit has proven that he can bring that level. Uh, seven deflected passes, one forced fumble, two sacks, 65 tackles, and two interceptions in 2019, while being a crucial part of LSU's championship win. I don't know if you guys know this, but they do this like they this like number seven like dedication jersey thing for LSU. Like whoever's like been like the most crucial part of the team for a certain part of the year, he was given that honor. Um, but right now, the Jags have Gerard Wilson, Ronnie Harrison, and Andrew Wingard as their returning safeties for next year. Um, scouts have said that Delpit is super, super similar in talent and technique to Ronnie Harrison. The two of them in his zone coverage would be an insane duo, um, something that opposing offenses would really have to think about when going up against Jacksonville. Thoughts? I love it how um, in this mock, they Jags are going back-to-back defensive pieces because I think that's their need right now. It's I their need. A lot of secondary choices. Yeah. This first that's round. It. We, we got a heavy. As of, as of late, class. I mean, the beginning was not that. <laughs> but as of late, uh, it's been a lot of secondary. Yeah, from like 15, honestly, yeah. from the second half down to the first round, we're going to be seeing yep. a lot of secondary picks. I agree. Oh, yes. All right, number 21, Sean, take it away. All right, Eagles fans will come. If I were their GM, they would be yelling for me to get fired the next day because all <laughs> they want is a wide receiver but they're not going to get it with the 21st pick. This, the wide receiver class is too deep. They don't need to spend it on their first pick. They need to beef up their defense. So they're going with A.J. Epineza out of Iowa with the 21st pick. He's a defensive end. You can play him alongside Fletcher Cox, play him on that front seven. He's got a nonstop motor, which they really like. It makes up for some of his flaws. The kid doesn't stop running. He doesn't quit until the whistle. He's an AP All-American, 6'5". 275, so he's got good size, and he's got good timing. He's a little bit slow every now and then, but he makes up for it with, with his motor and his, uh, yeah, all that he's going to give. Drive energy. I like – I Neil took the words right out of my mouth. I like drive. I like energy. I like grit. <laughs> I like the grit. The grit. Uh, yeah. just, just for the record, on a lot of mocks, basically almost every single one I've seen, uh, AJ Epineza – how do you say Epineza? Epineza. He's, Epineza. he's supposed Epineza. to be drafted yeah. by the Patriots, actually, with the 23rd pick. That's where a lot of analysts think he's going to go. I don't think so. I just don't think defensive end is the their biggest worry. Right I think they've lost a lot of linebackers, not front line. I think front line, they're actually good. but um, so, so, Pat, with the, with the 23rd pick, tell us. Tell again, us 22nd. What? what are you doing <laughs> oh, here? I'm, I'm so 22. sorry. Oh, no. All right, go. God. 22, 22, go. I'm just so excited for the 23rd. I know that there's so much, there's so much tension building. Uh, All right. So with the 22nd pick in the 2020 draft, I got the Vikings taking Justin Jefferson, another wide receiver off the board. Um, Stephon Diggs was a big loss. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that, and it's a hard to hold a fill. But I think Jefferson, not gonna fill completely, but I think he'd be a really good um, replacement for Diggs. A little bit of a hot take. 
I think the Vikings have, and look at my words, have the most talented roster in the NFL. I did the, uh, not, I didn't say best. I said most talented. Look at the talent they have. Look at the pieces they have. Yes, I think they have the most all-around team in the league. Yeah, yes. I think they have the most all-around. Talented and all-around is a little bit different. It's it's interchangeable. I guess so. so. Okay. Uh, so with that, I don't think they have many holding to fill. More to Pat's point, they're a very all-around sturdy team. Um, O-line could use some help. But I don't think they should draft one until the second round because, as as I've said prior, as we've all really said prior, a lot of the uh, top tier offensive line have really just been taken off the board. And I think you can get a guy like off the top of my head, I'm saying like Cesar Ruiz, who was a guy uh, I have no idea where to school, no idea what his stats are, but I saw him <laughs> popping up on a lot of uh, draft boards as an early second round pick. And if the Vikings have an early second round pick, why not take a chance? Um, I think Jefferson could make a big impact in his rookie year if the Vikings have to rely on a number two receiver, which if Adam Thielen is their number one, they might have to. Give Kirk Cousins some pieces. He'll get those pieces. Pat, number 23. Number 23. This, this, this is going oh, yeah. to be a lot of uh, – a lot, a lot of a lot of debating oh, right now. This is the pick. Oh, a war is about to break out. This is the pick. The New England Patriots. Patriots Pat, fans. Just for the record, what I'm about to say, it's it's no hard feelings. This is nothing Patriots personal. fans. <laughs> Patriots fans listening, watching. Hello. <laughs> the 23rd pick. Is, everybody. With the 23rd pick yeah. in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select Cole Komet, tight end. Let's go. Boo. Let's Awful go. pick. Boo. Michael disagrees with me. No, I okay. Bill Belichick, pick. Bill Belichick, I trust, and this is what I have to say. They got Brandon Copeland as a linebacker from the Jets, which shows me that Bill has a plan for the linebackers. They've lost a lot of linebackers. Oh, Brandon Copeland that. washed up past his prime. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm saying that he's there's, made there's a, a plan. There's something in place. There's, there's something, something going place. on. In there's brain. a plan. I know that we've lost more than obviously just one linebacker. I've talked about this before. <clears throat> They've had no. They have no offensive player to lead this team. Very well. There's a lot of analysts out there who think Jordan Love is going to take this pick. What's wrong, Mike? No! Go ahead. No! What? You don't think no, 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 Julian Edelman's a leader, Michael, but he's past his prime. So is Brandon Copeland. We want to bring up his name. Oh, hey, hey, hey. That a hey, rando hey, hey. rookie. Slow down. Slow rando, down. Ra- no, no, no. Rando rookie tight end. Slow down. Come into the new He's not a rando. Slow down. Cole not a rando Slow down. rookie. Slow down. This so, is what I have to say to that. This is the weakest tight end class first in off, years. First off, first off, Brandon Copeland, I'm not telling you he's a leader. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even telling you Cole Komet is going to be an automatic leader. I'm saying with no leader and no, like, veteran guy – Whatever happens, I, I was just about to say before you interrupted me, Michael, <laughs> if they, they very well may pick Jordan Love with this. Regardless, we have – whatever quarterback is going to be starting for the New England Patriots, they're going to be young. They're going to be inexperienced. Bill, from the beginning, is all about offense, defense, special teams. I don't think he's going to put all of his eggs in one basket with this defense. This defense still has pieces. McCordy, Gilmore, I don't see it. I think this pick needs to be spent on offense. We talked about it so many times last year. What's been the biggest problem about this team? It's their offense. The defense carried us. I know we lost guys. I know we lost pieces. But the pieces are still there on this defense. Best corner in the league. He won the defensive player of the year. He's still on our team. One guy like that could make such a difference oh, on any other team. I love it. You said one guy. You know what? He's one 
guy out of 11. What, what did I just say? What did I just say? What did I just say? I said one guy like that could make such a difference on this team. I'm not here to tell you that Cole Komet is or is not that they guy. They lost three linebackers. Four Sean, guys Sean, this is the best part of the entire <laughs> seven. I'm loving four this. Four guys in their front seven. Four. Four veteran guys who are leaders in the locker room. And as you say all the time. Players and as you say all the time. This team who left and they're not here anymore. So fancy me this for a second. You still have <laughs> Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, who are two really good linebackers. I know, I know Sean is really high on Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. Two really good linebackers still on the board. Mm-hmm. And you think that with three losses at linebacker, that Bill Belichick is going to go out and replenish the tight end position. The tight end position is what got us to most of the Super Bowls. The tight end position. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Pat, oh, my God. Go ahead. Go ahead. You think that the tight end position is what's got us to most of the Super Bowls. It was Tom Brady's favorite weapon. We won Super Bowl 51 in Atlanta without Gronk. Fair, fair. You came back 28-3 without Gronk. Fair, fair, fair. Who won three Super Bowls prior to Gronk being on the team. Simmer, simmer, simmer. (laughs) Let it marinate. Let it marinate. No! I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that it might not be Jordan Love. It could be. Do I think it should be? No. But I do think they need parts on this I'm not offense. Saying quarterback. A lot of receivers. You're, you're a lot of quarterback. I'm saying linebacker. I said it in the last podcast. Oh. I'll say it in this podcast. You know what? No, I'll raise you one. Not even linebacker. Defensive player. Give me someone. Okay. Someone on the defensive end that can help out this depleted position as a whole. It's depleted. It's part of the team. The offense is more depleted than the no, defense. No, it's not. No, yes, it's not. It is. They lost good. Brady. Yes, it lost is. No one else. They just okay. lost Brady. Maybe, maybe not have anyone and, last year. Dude, in, in the yes, but in the offseason, they have just lost defense. They you're lost, telling they me they haven't lost you, any offense. Michael, you're going to sit here and tell me that this Patriots offense is more I'm talented not, than not, the Patriots. I'm not. I'm not. I'm so not. if you no. just said that, then how would you not say that the Patriots are going to use their first pick, no, no, their oh, first oh, oh. first rounder on an offensive finish. player? I don't, finish. I don't want you to finish. I don't. I thought you were going to say that. I don't. Are you going to say that the Patriots' offense isn't good? I, I don't think it's good. It's awful. It's not where it should be. But you can make picks in the second, third, maybe fourth round. Bill's you can make add. picks to the second, third round as a linebacker. No, you can't because they're not as deep positions. They're not, dude. It's there are end, plenty like of I good linebackers. Tight end is not. But tight end is not your number one position. Listen, listen to the special guest, right, Michael. Third, fourth, fifth round. That's where you get your defense. I love that. That's where Belichick that. gets his defense. Belichick, you, Belichick does he not. He picked s- with the tenth pick of the draft. He picked Gerard Mayo in the first round out of Rutgers. He got Devin McCourty. He and what's he been doing? And what's he been cornerstone pieces? This is what I have to say. The Patriots have spent two picks now on offensive players. That tells me, of course, that an aging Tom Brady needed more weapons. And an aging quarterback and a young quarterback both need weapons. And whatever happens, you're going to need weapons. If they picked offensive back-to-back years, why wouldn't they just pick defense? They already picked offense. Let your young players develop. I know we just kind of pooped on Nikhil Harry and Sonny Michelle and Isaiah Wynn, but <laughs> let those guys develop. Pick a defensive guy. Grow your next um, Luke Keekley, your next Bobby Wagner and Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen. Grow one of those. You could no. probably trade down for that. Mm. No, you might be able to. We, we will, the we will Pats see. aren't picking with the 23rd. We will see. This is, this is new. No, they're not going to. Sean. I would be shocked if the Pats don't trade out of that pick. 
Why? Because everyone's thinking that they're going like a quarterback in that pick, but Belichick thinks he can win with Stidham, which I believe he, he can. He never said he could. Belichick never it, outright said he could. So why hasn't he it's signed Im- another quarterback? How is it implied, Neil? How is it implied? By the fact that he hasn't gone anyone. out got another quarterback and the fact that there's no in free agency. That doesn't mean that he's not going to go out and get one in the draft. He can get I out pers- and go I think he's probably going to stack a quarterback maybe in the, the later rounds. I don't think it's going to be a first I was first just going to say, the Patriots, have been linked, the Patriots have been linked with a day three quarterback named James Morgan out of some weird school. He, has, he doesn't have the numbers, but he, he has some really good technique, and he, he's a complete player, and the Patriots have been linked with his name a lot as a later day three pick, fourth, fifth, sixth round. So why not do that? Jordan Love is not a first round, like, for sure fire. He could fall a lot. He could fall in the second. I saw in some mocks fall, him falling to the third round. This guy is one of the most dynamic and kind of like biggest like margins of where he can go in this draft. I, I'm done. We got to move on. I want this podcast to be under three hours. So, all right. So, we are at we're at 24. This is actually an interesting one. Pick 24 is the Saints. Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma from linebacker, um, 6'2, 241 pounds. The Saints have it all going on right now, especially with the recent addition of Emmanuel Sanders. And the linebacker position is no exception. Right now, their two remaining healthy veteran linebackers are Craig Robertson, Demario Davis. They have a few guys returning from injuries. I think Murray would make an excellent addition to this already lethal defense. Um, one NFL analyst combine notes included sleek, and I quote, sleek playmaking linebacker with chiseled frame and long arms. Murray's game is predict- predicated on speed with the ability to fly around from sideline to sideline rolling up tackles. He ran a 452-40 at the Combine Aussie. I think this is one of the final pieces that the Saints need to be successful this season and, more importantly, in the playoffs. Thoughts? Just named him. <laughs> Just talked about him. <laughs> I think he fits for the Patriots. He's a good player. He's a good player. Can't deny that he's a good player. Can't deny it. And you know what? Now we're in playoff teams. The, the, the margin – of what we're looking at, the margin of, like, what teams need is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know what I mean? For a team like the Browns, they need a lot of stuff, obviously. For a team like coming up the Ravens, the Chiefs, they need less stuff. So I do I, – I, I like that pick, Neil. Yeah. Respect. Interesting. All right. Who, who's – Sean? 25. Hey, 25th pick. Before I get to the 25th pick, I just want to sneak in there. I love Cole Komet. Great player. I'm a Notre Dame fan. So he was great for Notre Dame this year. I think the Pats are going to get him, but I think they're going to trade that pick for later second-round picks to get Komet. So I like the pick, just I wish it would be later. But for the 25th pick, now that I can – now I'll get the 25th pick in before everything blows up. 25th pick. I'm not saying nothing. It's the Vikings. I think they're going to get uh, Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Uh, he's a good player. The Vikings just dropped Xavier Rhodes, who's been uh, – He's been the stalwart on their defense for a long time. I mean, when he thought of the Vikings' defense, he was the guy. So, Jeff Gladney, he's 5'10", a bit undersized, but he has a very high football IQ, which makes up for it. And he's got bursts of speed that are pretty well-timed. So, I think that could be very good for the Vikings' defense. And you put a couple weapons on defense, and they could they could win some games, I think. All right. It speaks to kind of like the Vikings' place, uh, you know, their team right now being very balanced. So they go out and they have two firsts. They pick one on offense, pick one on defense. Yeah. All right, Mike, number 26. All right, at 26, I have the Dolphins' third and final pick in the first round. 
Um, I have DeAndre Swift, first running back off the board. So there are a lot of great running backs in this draft. Um, not really top-heavy, but there are a lot of like solid ones. I think Swift is the best in this draft class. I know a lot of people think that maybe Jonathan um, Taylor is out of Wisconsin, but I'm going to get into that in a second. So the Dolphins signed Jordan Howard in free agency, but I think that in this stage of his career and with the injuries he's had, I just don't see uh, He's not Howard stable having. enough. I don't you, think, you I don't can't think depend has, on that. I don't think for 16 games that he's going to be our bell cow. And if I go back to it, Shawnee picked Tua, so going to go with it. Uh, you got to pair Tua with someone. So why not just get the best running back in the draft? You know, give him a little security blank in the backfield. I went back and forth between Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Swift. Like, who's the best in the um, in the draft? But then I thought to myself, like, who are their offensive lines? And Wisconsin is notorious for producing some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, they have a great offensive line year in and year out, just like Boston College. And I just think the Dolphins, I know it's college, but if you compare them, I don't see the Dolphins having as good as an offensive line. So I think you got to take John Day Swift to Georgia had a good line, but they didn't have as good a line in Wisconsin. So you put him in a lesser system, see how he performs. I think he performs better than Taylor. I think he'll, he will be able to adapt better than Taylor will be able to. So I just think Swift, um, I think he just fits the system better than Jonathan Taylor does. But just for some stats, the Dolphins were ranked dead last, la- dead last last year in r- rushing yards per game. I mean, they only had 72. That, that's not good. Nothing right home about. So they need a running back. So I think with the 26th pick of the draft, DeAndre Swift, he's my guy. Absolutely. Pat, 27, Seahawks. 27th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Seahawks. Tackle Boise State. The Seahawks O-line is aging, and they're aging fast. 42% of Wilson's snaps, he has to move out of the pocket. If a QB cannot plant his feet, that leads to trouble. No doubt about it. Thank God that guy can scramble. They're like they're ranked 27th for their O-line. Ironically, because they're the 27th pick, I think an O-line, an O-line will be the best choice. His combine notes were foot quick, quickness is strong and he stays connected to blocks in space. This is going to help a team where defenses are getting around. He can move his feet and stay in front of their man. A problem, this is the problem that the Seahawks have had for a while. I think this is a wise pick for them. Sean, you, okay. look, you, you, you were grinning over there, Sean. You look like you have something to say. No, I, I like the pick. I mean, the Seahawks have to, they always dodge picking a lineman. They have to thank their lucky stars that Russell Wilson can move. Can move. Just as well as anyone in the game. So I think it's it's time for the Seahawks to get him some protection. I agree. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So I have 28. Uh, 28th pick, Ravens select, Brendan Ayuk. Ayuk? Ayuk? Ayuk. Arizona State <laughs> wide receiver, 6 feet, 205 pounds. Can anyone name a wide receiver? Quiz time. Can anyone name a wide receiver on the Ravens that's not Marquise Brown? Willie Sneed. Um, mm. that that's your wide receiver too. <laughs> I mean, nah. and that, that's exactly. obviously I their mean, biggest so, problem. So, all right, so so let me let me get into this. So, some of his combine notes included um, flash ability to manipulate corners away from his route um, or route bursts out of stems to open up windows for a quarterback. Routes are linear but crisp and fast. Most important, and me and Michael were Facetime. We were talking about this earlier first down maker. That's why I think he'll make such an impact on this Ravens offense. The Ravens were number one in the league last year with the highest number of average first downs per game, 24.4 per game. 
and specifically an average of 26.3 first downs in their final three games. Um, I think Ayuk is going to be a excellent wide receiver too for this Ravens offense. He's going to take some of the coverage and or attention off of Marquise Brown. But why the Ravens? He ran a 4-5-40, and this is exactly the speedy receiver the Ravens would jump to have. 4-5 is not that fast. 4-5, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. mediocre. It's fast. That's pretty good. Uh, that's like, that, dude, that's like, the best. I run like a that's not great. I run like a 5-1. Like, that, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. fast. But like, for an NFL receiver, it's not like zoo. Like, my guy was 4-2. <laughs> so, I suppose. Yep. So... What are we at, Sean? Are we at? Well, actually, I I would like to extend some comments. All right, go for it. Yeah, I think this is the greatest pick of the draft, figuring their draft position, because the biggest need is wide receiver, Mm -hmm. and they get the best wide receiver that fits their play style. Sean gave me a look and a half, saying that I look crazy. So, Sean, please (laughs) comment on that for a second. I mean, I think it's a fine pick. Getting a wide receiver on the best offense, picking offense for the best offense in the NFL. That's a good point. I mean, it's a really good point. It's, it seems a little strange, but you want to keep it up. So, yeah, I, un- I understand the pick. And I know I think, everyone's saying that they're going to go offense, but defense can hurt. And I think it just tells you how damn good Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. What do you, what do you think it. about how their weapons on in the receiving core aren't, like, extensive and how just good – how he's really just <laughs> – Still had the best uh, offense in the league. But they made so many moves in free agency. I think that's why they they're going really offensive heavy this draft and some of the mocks that uh, obviously we've done. I, I, I think it's a great pick, honestly. Absolutely. Like All right, number 29, Sean, take it away. All right, 29th pick, you have the Titans. The, uh, yeah, they somehow managed their way to the 29th pick. Oh, my God. Who knows how. So they're going with the guy with the best name in the NFL draft. <laughs> If this is a name draft, he'd be number one overall. Yutter Gross Matos. Like, gross yeah. Matos. <laughs> My guy Gross Matos! Yes! <laughs> it's first name Yutter. Like, how do you go wrong? Bro, that sounds like bro, that sounds like something you'd put on like a burger. You want a uh, Yutter Gross Matos on that? Yutter Gross Matos? I don't know. That's just like talk about this guy. Dude, no, he's good. So same name. <laughs> Reason to draft him right there. <laughs> he, he was all Big Ten last year. He had eight sacks his sophomore year, nine sacks his uh, his junior year, and he's got a good build. He needs to get a little bit stronger, but you know Mike Vrabel's his coach. He'll definitely coach him up. I mean, Vrabel proved to be a very good coach last year. What a coach! What a coach! Yeah, what and a Tennessee. Coach. I mean, they relied heavily on the offense last year, so they could use a little bit of defense. Interesting. Yeah. Thoughts? I, I like or Michael, thirty. All right, so 30 and rounding out my picks for the draft, I have Patrick Queen. I talked about him a little bit before. Um, so he's a linebacker out of LSU. Um, the Packers lost a guy named Blake Martinez. Uh, he led the league in tackles last year, and I've talked about him in other podcasts. Those are some pretty big shoes to fill. I mean, he led the league in tackles, right? And I'm not saying that Queen's going to fill those shoes day one because no player really does that week one. But I think he can develop into a really reliable linebacker at the end of round one who can make big plays. I do want to address the wide receiver position, though, because a lot of analysts are saying, like, they, it, wide receiver is a must draft. But I disagree. I, they, really, they have some really good young wide receivers on this team that or not really good, but receivers that could develop into really good wide receivers. I mean, they're not big-name guys, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, 
you know, Alan Lazard caught for 500 yards last game. Marcus Valdez Scantling is more of a deep threat. He caught for 450. And they picked up Devin Funchess in free agency, who uh, was injured for a lot of last year, but he can be a really big red zone tech, uh, red zone target. I think he's like six six or something. He's a big guy. Um, I got I got a little bit of a, a rebuttal for you. Well, okay. hold on. I, I was gonna say maybe yeah, like, yeah, the third, like, 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 maybe yeah. the third or like the fourth round you pick a, a guy uh, like a wide receiver. I talked about for the Patriots, maybe a guy like uh, Claypool out of. Notre Dame, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Notre um, Dame guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks like a reliable guy just from what I've seen. But I think you can pick up a receiver in any round for the Packers. I don't think that's really imminent position. And you had Devontae Adams last year who had a very mess season. He Michael, didn't even get 1,000 yards. He's at we have talked. We have talked in numerous podcasts. Hold on. No, one more thing. One more thing. This team went to the NFC Championship last year, right? And they went to San Francisco. Do you remember why they lost? I was at Pat's house watching this game. Do you remember why they lost? They just were the worst. Because team. their defense got lit up for 35 points. Yeah. In no, the first I think half. they were just the worst so team. They couldn't said, stop the run. Yeah, they couldn't stop the run. Yeah, so you draft a linebacker, a little run stopper. Queen is not very good in the zone, and he specializes in run stop. That's what I read. So, with that being said, draft a super talented linebacker to replace your captain on defense. I think it's interesting when Michael says in like previous podcasts that like the Green Bay Packers are very two dimensional. They're very, they got, they got Adams, they got Jones, they got Rogers. That's it. I think they need a receiver here. I disagree with you. And you just claimed that Alan Lazard. I did. No, I, I prefaced it clearly by saying, I don't think these guys are big name guys whatsoever, but I said in their rookie campaigns, Valdez Gantley is my second year maybe, but in their, relatively rookie campaigns they didn't perform awful in down the stretch alan lazard had some pretty big games where he put up like 85 90 yards in a, t- in a touchdown interesting you can say alan lazard scores five it put, puts up 500 yards but then when i argue curtis samuel for the th- from the uh panthers and he because they're different teams we're yeah. debating that's yeah, two different Rick scenarios and aaron rogers christian aaron, Rogers and aaron jones brick wall and it'd be good like, exactly. It, it, they're completely different teams. It all matters on who's throwing the ball. I, I promise you that if you put saying, Samuel in Green Bay's offense, he'd catch a hell of a lot more yards than if you put Alan Lazard in the Panthers' offense. All I'm saying that Alan Lazard is not someone I see to be a threat. That's all. I, and, I, all right. and, I, and, I, and I said that I think you can go into a later round and pick a wide receiver. Interesting. All right, Pat, number 31. Okay, number 31. The 31st pick. Can't believe we're already here. The 31st pick of the 2020, yeah. 2020 NFL Draft. San Francisco 49ers select Trevon, Trevon Diggs, cornerback Alabama. I have selected so many Bama players <laughs> in this draft. Sherman is on his way out very, very soon. Very soon. We've talked about that? this. He's old. He's getting old. He's years. old, guys. He's getting old. I think he's on his way out. And this type of guy and this team wants to see somebody replace him. Exceptional in zone coverage and has been to actually been compared to the likes of Akeem Tlaib in the combine, which is okay. quite the compliment in my opinion. Yeah. It's also Stefan yeah. Diggs' younger brother. That's kind of cool. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? <laughs> so he's also – he's been going up against top receiver, receivers in Alabama his entire time in Alabama. He's been going up against his teammates who have clearly just made him better. 37 tackles, three interceptions. I think he would be a great addition to this already phenomenal 49ers defense. Honestly, dude, there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of holes in this 49ers team. Not at all. You know I'd be a wide receiver, though. If I mean, honestly, I, I was gonna say that Debo Samuel, lost, Marquise, Marquise, you lost I don't know. Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> you did, and that's and I thought about that. But how can you argue that? But you argue 
Well, I guess they have. Again, they're completely different. Yeah, they're different. Though. You have they a number one receiver in Devontae Adams, who's a top yeah, three that's talent. Right. That's right. You know, Debo Samuel is was a rookie last year and, and didn't perform exceptionally well when they needed him to. Fair. A good yeah. point. Niners could go big at, like, T. Higgins. That's a late yeah. first-round oh, pick yeah. out of Clemson that they could go with. I think he's you know, going to eke into the second won. round. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Final final 30-second pick for the Chiefs. A.G. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson, uh, 6'1", 195 pounds. Ran a 4-4-40 at the Combine. Um, could potentially be exactly what this Chiefs team needs to make another playoff run. Um, another playoff run, dude. They're going to make the playoff for the next, like, five I years. I know, but a, but a, a Super Bowl run. Oh, okay. Potentially. Okay. Um, Scouts at the Combine recognize not only his physical ability, also specifically his patience and reading the quarterback's, quote, reading the quarterback's eyes on a cover three. Um, some other notes included a slow, steady backpedal. He isn't quick to action and then subsequently overreaction when faced with highly skilled receivers. He also has dipl- displayed um, an above-average level of football IQ as opposed to some of the other corners in the draft. Although a powerhouse in most other departments, this Chiefs team does need a little bit of help at the cornerback position. Uh, most of their cash in recent years has been spent on the offense. I think drafting a guy like Terrell to add to that cornerback threat of Orlando Skandrick and uh, Brandon Flowers would really help this team succeed in 2020. This Chiefs defense has been improving. Slowly but surely, this Chiefs defense has been slowly moving up, moving up, moving up. I remember they, they this... hit their stride last year. Like, I remember. End, sorry, end of last year. First half, yeah. they had a ton of injuries. Couldn't. Dude, not even. Dude, the reason why they lost that game in the AFC Championship overtime in the Super Bowl. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about last year. Like, the the most recent season that happened. Mm -hmm. What did you say last year? Sorry, I think in 53. I I agree they hit their stride. But, you know, the reason why I think if we bring it back to Super Bowl 53 AFC Championship overtime, the reason they lost that is because the defense wasn't up to par with that offense at the time. It's the reason why they lost. To be honest, and I hate to say it because I'm a Pats fan, put Patch. Change that coin toss. I was just, to I, did, I, did, I don't want to make this podcast yeah. go into the four hour range, but I was gonna say, like, if the if the Chiefs won that toss, you know that they Chiefs were gonna be representing the, the AFC and the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think agree. You, I don't think you can really give all the defense. Neil, I like that pick. I think the corner move is smart for them. Yeah, very nice, Sean. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, really appreciate it, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, I think you just got wrapped up. <laughs> I'm Neil. I'm Pat. I'm Michael. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, boys. All right.